Let's go uh, to the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Good afternoon to you, um, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. And I want to start by giving this a mention because I did an interview about this last week and it is with Rower, the, the, the Rural Animal Welfare Resource Group that works out of West Cork. And they're once again doing one of their schemes offering low-cost neutering for cats. They're doing it for €10. Uh, Euro. And we were talking about it last week and they got on to us to say there are a few slots still available for the veterinary clinic in Bantry but they need people to call them because they need people to book in and to book your time slot so if you are in the Bantry area and interested in getting your uh, any of your cats neutered for just €10 Euro, 027 536 They're great charities aren't they and, and I know you're a big advocate of, of neutering not everybody can afford it so when charities like this step in they're fantastic Absolutely, you know, it is great work and I think, you know, a lot of charities out there, some of the bigger national charities and some of the smaller private ones, you know, they do bring in work, they really do. And I think certainly neutering is the cornerstone of, I suppose, helping out our, our dog and cat population going forward. Um, because I suppose particularly, you know, over the last several years with the pandemic, there's unfortunately a lot of pets that may have been lovingly brought into homes, but circumstances have changed and, you know, they, they find themselves needing rehoming again. So we don't need to add to that issue further by having an uncontrolled controlled population that are continuing to breed away so really neutering your pet is a really responsible choice to to avoid more unwanted puppies and kittens but it's also a really good choice for the house as well so longer term benefits are a really a really interesting interesting side effect of neutering so you know it can be a very very helpful thing for the pets themselves longer term and when when i spoke with the charity last week i mentioned particularly for cat owners it's as important to get the tomcat done as it is to get the she cat done Absolutely, it really is. Um, so I suppose having having a female cat spade is, you know, up utmost critical, but the boy cats as well, because there's always going to be wild cats out there that haven't been haven't been spayed females. So you know, neutering your tom cat can actually be a really powerful thing to do in preventing that cat breeding with another female who may not have had the opportunity to be neutered. Yeah. Um, for the boys, luckily as well, it's a much smaller operation. Yeah, the boys is. get away with it easy, so yeah. they do. And um, as well, it stops them wandering off and getting into all kinds of fights and stuff uh, as well. So you, you're, you're you're protecting them from that. Okay, um, Susan has been on. Hi, Patricia. Could you ask Jane how? How old does a kitten have to be before I can get her neutered? Okay, so this is an interesting one. Quite a controversial one too. So, um, younger than you think is what I'd say, but the decision is really personal based on your vet. So, kittens can potentially become fertile and be able to breed from four months of age. There are thereabouts. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, but that said, we need to balance their ability to have kittens with the safety of their operation. Now, there's new modern techniques which make early neutering much safer for our younger pets because essentially, you know, they, they have a slightly different physiology and way their body works to an older pet. Um, so they need to be managed slightly differently when they're having an operation or station or general anesthesia. But, you know, with modern, modern technology, that's much, much safer now than it once was. I would suggest that if you're concerned about your kitten and you're wondering when to get them neutered, I will be thinking about it from four months of age onwards. It's definitely from six months days. Six months later, pretty much every vet will say, yeah, absolutely. But what I will say is usually the earlier the better. Now, some factors that it can impact is if your kitten is very small or a very small breed, sometimes their body weight or body weight gain may not be sufficient once they hit that four or five month period for them 
for for them for your own vet to say, yeah, they're fine, they're ready to go for neutering. So they might need to gain a little bit of weight. So every situation is slightly different. What I would say is my recommendation would be flag it with your vet now. Ask them what their recommendation is because, you know, everything's a little bit different in each situation. Every cat is a little bit different. Every vet has a slightly different opinion on this issue. But I would say the general consensus is usually about four to six months. All right. Okay. Noreen has a uh, Jack Russell who always sleeps in a shed at night. Now he's well covered in cold weather. He gets a hot water bottle, well fed, etc. Recently, though, he started howling at night. Why would he suddenly start doing this? Okay, so if he suddenly started howling at night, the main thing they will howl at sometimes is a response to noise um, or response to the call of another dog. So is it that they're hearing something new that's happened outside and it has become a regular environmental thing they're hearing now? That's a possibility. Sometimes they can howl if they're a bit lonely. That's one thing I'd say. Um, so maybe potentially if you feel it might be loneliness that's creeping in for him. So one thing you can do is put a little radio on in the background. That can help actually with masking noises outside as well. I usually suggest go for something like, like talk radio or, or classical music or something like that. Just You don't want the rock music blaring at 3am. Nobody needs that. So just try and pick something peaceful to mask that sound for your pet. But that can be really helpful. And I think it sounds like you're doing all the good things. You know, you need to make sure they have a really comfortable area because they're there every night it's like us if we had a bad bed to sleep and we wouldn't be quite comfortable we're likely to be a lot more unsettled so making sure they have a really comfy bed making sure the ambient temperature in the shed is normal so I can hear that you're doing a hot bottle and that's great if the temperature is cold but you just might need to reassess and say as we move into the winter months a hot bottle may not be enough so just kind of assess well would I be happy to sleep out here if it was me in this temperature or do they need to come inside the house though but it sounds like you're being really cognizant and thinking about those things as well so I think the main things are probably responding to noise maybe a little bit of loneliness radio might help just make sure his environment is nice and comfy um, but I suppose if he isn't settling what I would say is it is possible that he, I suppose, we can get behaviour changes in pets for all number of reasons and we never want to do them the disservice of discounting their medical health. So if it's not setting for him, I would always recommend routine health checks at least every every six months to a year for each pet just to check they're doing okay. So if things are not settling with those measures and it does continue for him, just get him checked out by a vet, have a chat about the concerns in a little bit more detail um, and he might just ask you some quest- questions about your pet's lifestyle generally um, and to get to the bottom of it. OK, a uh, listener has a Burmese mountain dog, female, one and a half years old, describes the dog as very smelly. Mm, I'm assuming the fur. Yes, a big, yes, yeah. big dog. Big dogs are a challenge. I must admit, lovely, lovely breed. Um, but they have a lot of hair. They Sorry, are, of they, are, they, are they the ones that Michael T. Higgins has in the Auras? Are they? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah big dogs. I think it is Bernie big, he has rather than big Bernie. hairy They're dogs. Similar, just different colouring. Yeah. yeah. Big hairy dogs. Um. So I would suggest that it may be the coat itself. Now, an interesting thing to know would be if there's been any itching or scratching or discomfort on the skin, because sometimes we have a rise in, let's say, the smelliness of a dog if they have a yeast overgrowth of their skin or a bacterial infection. And sometimes in a bigger dog, under all of that hair, a lot of that stuff might go hidden. So that would be my first thought as well. What's changed? Is it something on the skin? Is it a yeast infection? Is it a bacterial infection that's generating that smell? Or is it just day-to-day life? So I suppose it's kind of like us. Um, you know, we need to shower to keep ourselves smelling sweet. Dogs and cats are kind of no different, although they require us far less frequently. Usually every kind of six weeks is about the sweet spot for not stripping too many oils out of their coat. 
for keeping them nice and clean and keeping their skin and coat health good. So if they haven't had a recent groom, I'd maybe consider that. But if you have noticed any itching or scratching or discomfort or any red patches, my first protocol would not be the groom in that case. And that will be visiting the vet to get them checked out. Um, I would say it's just a case of, of tackling the issue. Another thing that can happen and can kind of generate a smell will be oral health, so dental health. Um, bigger dogs, they tend to be quite slobbery, don't they? Mm. And sometimes the slobber can kind of settle in around the mouthfuls and generate a localised bacterial infection just around the, the lip folds. That can actually smell really, really nasty sometimes because you've not only got the mix of a, a skin infection, you've all, also got all of the bacteria that would live in the mouth. So that would be another concern. And the last thing then is, one other big source of smell that we get from every dog, whether they're big or small, is dental disease. So that will be a smelly mouth buildup of plaque and tartar on the teeth and potentially gum infection. And that's a big source of smell. So that's another thing to think about. Well, is the smell coming from your pet's mouth or is it just all over generally? And again, if you have concerns about dental disease in your pet, if you feel the smell coming is coming from the mouth, I would really recommend a trip to the vet to get that checked out. OK, as always, thank you for that, Jane. Have a lovely week. We'll talk next Thursday. You too. Thank Thanks you a million. Jane Pickers, the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.